Hello, my name is Ethan Hewlin. Like you, I live in a world that never stops moving. Also like you, I have stories. These are my stories, the true stories of a tryhard. Welcome back to True, Story, True Stories of a Tryhard. I am Ethan Hewlin, and this week I have yet another special guest. He is um, an entrepreneur, a pretty great dad, and a good friend of the family. Please welcome Lennon Bone. Lennon. Ethan. So good to be here, man. Thanks so much for having me on your show. Yeah, I'm glad you could make it. Uh, so, listeners, um, Lennon is... The CEO of a company called Sound and Patterns, correct? Yeah, although I might be just kind of, I'm, I'm working on that because I was doing it as Sound and Patterns for a long time, and now I've kind of just dumbed everything down to my name for now. Okay. Um, but yeah, I mean, yeah, Sound and Patterns was definitely the uh, the beginning of this whole thing for sure. Yeah, and Lennon, can you explain kind of what you do with that to to our listeners here? Yeah, so um, I spent, uh, should I give a little backstory for, for sure. context? Sure. Yeah, okay. Go for it. So for, um, for about 10, 10 plus years, I was a touring musician. I toured um, over 13 countries, got to do a bunch of the major music festivals like Lollapalooza and Austin City Limits, and uh, even played like Sundance Film Festival, played with a lot of cool bands, and then... Um, we were lucky to have a couple of our albums hit like the Billboard, like Heat Seekers charts and Top 200 uh, for a couple of weeks. And, you know, that's not saying as much now as it used to say, but uh, we, you know, we had a, a good run and, and the band is actually still going. But I left it after um, we had our first daughter, Breda, and I was kind of lucky because I... I landed a commercial that I had written with this this girl named Kay Flay, who's like a kind of a pop hip hop artist. Oh, I know Kay Flay. Yeah, I've heard of her. Yeah, she's awesome. Um, and so we did a, a tune together that I kind of sent to her on a whim, and thanks to a friend, we kind of got connected on that, and we landed a commercial that pretty much made me more money than I have ever made on one thing in my life, and I felt like that was. You know, I felt like that was me being blessed with time. Like I was being given time, and I was—I felt like that time was supposed to be used to figure out how I could help and serve more people. And so the only people I knew how to serve were creatives. And so, um, so now with what was Sound and Patterns, now I'm kind of rebranding a lot of that. Was the idea was initially musician and musician specifically, and now as I kind of move over to artists. Because uh, I've realized we all just have the same pain points and fears and um, challenges as creatives. Uh, the medium, you know, can change, but the the obstacles that we have are the same, right? And so what I do is work with creatives to help build their brand and their reputation in a way that allows them to build jobs for other people, build jobs for, and businesses for themselves so that they can actually make an impact on with their online presence enough to not only do more stuff online, but do stuff in their local market to get people to pay attention to them, to be able to spread a message. Because I think most, most artists are 
is mosts a word? I the, the plural of most. <laughs> <laughs> most artists just don't think so much about how to build that reputation, how to build that brand, if you will, where that thing that somebody talks about, you know, they think that they think that your art speaks for itself, but I just don't think that's true. I think you have to give people context to you, your story, and your art before people will pay attention. And so I'm helping people kind of dive into that. So you're helping people essentially um, tell their own story so that they can get their name out there. Yeah, I mean, and I know that, you know, I, I know a little bit about where our conversation's headed, and I think a lot of, I, li- I think a lot of, like, what it comes down to is we're afraid to tell our story because we fear of what people will say. We fear people don't care. And ultimately, what it really comes down to is that unless you're doing something really new and really left of center that's also appealing to the masses, the thing that they actually do care about is your story. And then the art is kind of just the calling card to that. The more they connect with you, the more they know, like, and trust you, the more willing they'll be to actually um, offer you a job or pay for your artwork or ask you to provide services for them that you do as far as your creativity is concerned. Now, Lennon, I, I actually owe your family a huge thank you because it was your wife that inspired me to pursue this. Oh, cool. To start this podcast at the time it was still kind of this idea like I want to start something Mm -hmm. and your wife was the one who was like do it get on it like the hardest part of getting something done is starting it and you know here I am three months in doing uh, telling my story having other people tell theirs and Mm -hmm. and that took a certain amount of courage and how did how did you overcome that initial um, the initial struggle to uh, make your passion your job. Well, I think I've I think I've gone through a handful of seasons, you know, in my life where I've been a musician at one point, and to initially call myself a musician was actually really difficult. It took years of even doing it and being paid for it and being on the road a lot to call myself a professional musician. There was just something there in my head that was like, well, I've not really made it. But the first step to that was like somebody telling me you're never actually going to make it. Right. You know, wherever you feel like you want to get, once you hit that, you'll all of a sudden have a new goal. It Mm -hmm. just happens. That's the way life is, right? We're um, We're always shooting for our taste. We want to reach our what our taste is of other things. I think that's like a cool way to think about it, right? And so since we're our own harshest critics, like we'll never actually achieve that. Right. And so realizing that was step one and I just had to start calling myself a professional and I had to start changing for lack of a better way to say it, like I had to start changing my company. I had to start like removing myself from certain circles that weren't living to their full potential and I don't mind that they don't want to do that but I had to decide like you know I am a byproduct of the five six people that I hang around the most and if these people aren't putting themselves in a position where they want to grow and continue to change and evolve then I need to move on Um, and that was really difficult to do and because once I did that I 
I lived in this fear of, well, what are they going to think about me and what I'm doing? What if it fails? What if I screw this whole thing up? And so coming out of touring a lot, um, I literally, once I started doing stuff online, I literally just had to start new accounts. I didn't intel, didn't tell my friends about it, didn't invite anybody, <laughs> just like ground zero, you know, because I felt like that was the only way that I could feel like, okay, they're not my, they're not the person I'm trying to reach and that's okay. And so I had to start going for the person that I was trying to reach. That is, that's a really, that's a, that's a good quote. Cool. Yeah. Uh, um, so how are, how are you using that experience to help others who want to pursue the same passion? Well, you know, I want people to know that despite the fact that you, that I don't know your struggles fully, um, I know that I have dealt with my own struggles. Like I, I had a mom who was an alcoholic who was in abusive relationship after abusive relationship. And, you know, I literally saw a, like my mom pull a gun on a guy in my house, you know, like these were, these were rotten folks. And to come out of that place and feel like I was ever going to be anything was actually, I, I just felt like, no, you know, I'm just destined to be in this kind of world my whole life because it's all I really knew, right? And so when I was able to start to change my mindset, and I'm still every day working on this, every day, um, then but when I was able to start doing that and see a shift, it's that thing of like when you change, what's the... The quote, when you, when you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. So, and, I, and when I started living by that and also the, the, the quote of what people believe about me is none of my business. Those two things completely changed my perspective. And so what I want to do is remind people, remind my audience, remind those people that are listening that, you know, if you have ambitions and goals and you have dreams the only person that's holding you back from those is you and your choice. It's nobody else's responsibility to hand you those. It's nobody else's responsibility to um, to keep you from those either. And that's even a bigger deal, right? If you're putting it on someone else that they're keeping you from something, remind yourself that you can remove that person from your life. You don't need to have them around. And that doesn't mean that you don't love them. It just means that you know, in order to love other people, you have to first love yourself so that you can be able to take care of the ones that need to be taken care of. And so I want to inspire and encourage people to like, just try it, start doing stuff, start making stuff and go after it for a while. And if you don't see any progress, find help, ask somebody that's done it and see where, where they might switch some things up. But the first step is to just go. Am I rambling or is it okay? No, this is all really great stuff. I'm just, I'm pleasantly surprised at the amount of great things you have to say. I'm very, very happy. Cool. Um, so you brought up that your own self-criticism and my own self-criticism is what ended up holding us back at first. Mm -hmm. How do you overcome your own self-criticism? Um, well, I think it's probably a little bit different for everybody, but I think it starts with believing that you're made for greater things whether you you know like you are just that's just the way it is I, I have a whole I have a belief system that if we all went after the things in our life that we wanted to do 
the world would be balanced. It would just work. And people are like, well, I was actually talking about this today. People are like, well, what about um, McDonald's or stuff, some job like that? It's like, well, you're 16 sometimes. Like, you're going to need those jobs to learn right. things, you know. And some people just love those kind of jobs. Like, some people are completely satisfied being the manager at a McDonald's because they're fulfilled being able to make the living they need, work the hours they need to serve their family or, or other people, right? And so so what I think you, you have to do is first believe that you are capable of doing it. And then what I did, I mean, and this may be different for everybody, what I did is I started doing affirmations. So I would literally wake up every day with a list of what what I believed were were if they weren't yet they were going to be my truths so like you know I will have this I will do that I will explore this I am this you know whatever those things were for me then I didn't believe them at first but the more you it's just like everything else like the more you do it the more you express it the easier it becomes to say it um, and then I just started practicing telling somebody else, you know, when they asked me, I'm very cautious about like talking about things though, without being prompted, because I don't want to be the guy that talks about something and doesn't execute. I'd much rather execute first and talk later. Right. Um, so, but with that, you know, people say, what are you working on? Well, you know, I've got some things that, that I'm doing in kind of the music business space. And that would just be the first thing I said. And that alone was really hard because I just wasn't used to saying that, you know, so you just take small steps toward the direction that you want to go and day by day like for me meditation is a big deal prayer is a big deal um reading and listening to people that i have like digital mentors so like people that i listen to online i have actual mentors that i consult with to just make sure that i'm keeping the right company around me that's lifting me up and keeping me positive and so those those are kind of incremental steps that I'm still still taking daily. You can better bet, like, you can better bet, you better bet that there's, like, tons of doubts all the time still, so. Definitely. Do you still do those affirmation exercises? No, but I, I actually have been thinking about coming back to them. Um, I do, not every day, but a few days a week, I'll do, like, gratefuls. So, like, I'll just say what I'm grateful for. Um, I try to do that with my kids, um, two in the evening and just, just random stuff. We don't do that every day. Like it kind of depends on how just on a tirade they are. <laughs> so. Yeah. It's Editing Room Ethan bringing you this week's sponsor for True Stories of a Tryhard, Audible. Audible is the place to get your audiobooks online. And Audible is offering listeners of True Stories of a Tryhard a 30-day free trial with a free audiobook download just to give you an opportunity to check them out. You can get books like The Book Thief by Marcus Zusak, which I thoroughly enjoyed even though I was required to read it in high school. So, in order to get your free audiobook, go to audible.com slash true stories of a tryhard. Again, that is audibletrial.com slash true stories of a tryhard. Link is in the show notes. Now back to the show.
do you think it's because of these things that you do on a daily basis that your self-confidence has grown? Is that, has that been impacted in any way? Has it just grown over time as you've gotten more traction? Or is there something else to it entirely? Um, that's a good question. I mean, I think, I think it's definitely not one, one thing. I think it, it is those things that sort of started to build it. And then, um, and then once people start to pay attention to whatever it is that you're making, which they eventually will, you have, I, well, me personally, I have to remind myself that whether it's a small audience or a large audience, I'm building something. Right. And so if I have three people in a day that send me a message and they're like, oh my gosh, thanks for what you said, that really made a difference. Or if I have one person that says, thanks for what you did, said, like that, that helped me today, I needed to hear that, then that tells me that I'm doing the right thing. And I know that sounds so cliche and stupid, but what I've like reminded myself of is that that person has given me their most valuable asset, which is their time. Their time is the most valuable thing that they have, and they have given that to me. So that means that something I'm saying is resonating with someone. Therefore, if I find the other people, it will resonate with more people. I just have to go find those people, and that's on me. And so the confidence comes from, okay, I've gotten, I've reached one person. I can actually be really happy with where I am, um, which I'm not always, you know, like I always want more. I think that's human nature, but... I try to remind myself, like, okay, that's that's a start, so therefore I can take this somewhere. Yeah, I actually, even though I haven't been doing this for very long, I've actually had um, a couple people who I who I don't even know be like, hey, I, you have no idea how much I needed to hear this today on whatever mm. whatever episode it happened to be on. And actually, you were talking about how meditation really helped you. Like last week, um, my guest and I talked about. Um, actually talked about that very thing because she um she has a disorder that causes her a lot of pain Mm -hmm. um or like her nerves are hyperactive so that was a way for her to to deal with it it was a coping mechanism for her but eventually it became a way for her to deal with these um day-to-day like anxietal issues Mm -hmm. so yeah. Well, I mean, you sh- you should be really proud of yourself for just taking this step. Like, and I would encourage you to just stick with it because, you know, like none of it's, that's the other thing I think about all the time. It's like, it's never a failure until you give up, you know? And if you give up, you got to give up for the right reasons. Like, okay, I actually, this served me, this served somebody, this served its purpose. And you can walk away from it feeling like, I feel great about this. That's not giving up. That's letting go. Giving up is when you're like, I'm just, I feel afraid and I'm just going to stop. Like, and that's so good for you for just like going after this thing and impacting people. Yeah. Something I don't know if you know about me, Lennon. I, I'm pretty stubborn. Okay. I don't give up very easily. But yeah, like you said, if I do let go of something, it is... For a reason, mm-hmm. but it's because um, it's because I have a message that I think a lot of people should hear that I even started this to begin with. Mm-hmm. 
And that's, that's what's kept me going, is that people need to hear this. Because in the world that we live in today, like I, I was reading a statistic uh, a few weeks ago that said that people my age, the 18 to 24, have the mental stability of a 1950s mental institution patient. Hmm. Like the average person my age. Wow. And that that really stood out to me, and that's, again, that's another reason I keep doing this, because I'm growing up in an anxious world, Mm -hmm. and people are going to need a way to combat that. Mm -hmm. And my mom has been that for me, because she she knows where I'm coming from because she has general anxiety disorder like I do. Mm -hmm. So she was that way for me to overcome it. And I'm, I want to be there for people who don't have that. Yeah, absolutely. Though that's a big deal. I mean, I, I take medication for anxiety just and started again, probably just under a year ago. Um, because it's it was a big thing for me, especially coming from such a crazy childhood. I think that played a lot into it, also. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm trying to to get into therapy right now. That's like a goal for me as well. And so, I mean, yeah, I think I think that's such an important message that a that we're not alone in this, right? Like that we have people that we can reach out to, and just like I said, that I have people that digital mentors or people in my life that lift me up and remind me like, you know, yes, you can get to this place. Like this is, um, equally important in that same, in that same realm. Yeah. This, um, so Lennon, we are coming kind of close to, to the end here. What, uh, what else do you want to say to our fine listeners here? Well, I don't know. What should I say? Um, well, I was going to tell a bad dad joke, but I probably shouldn't do that. Um, no, I'll tell it anyway. How do you make a cheese puff? How do you do it? Chase him around the bowl. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> that's, that's great. It's terrible. It's absolutely terrible. No, I want to say, like, um, you know, whatever your ideas are, if they, it, usually if it makes you uncomfortable... I think it's important that that we lean into that resistance because I there's a, that quote of like and number one if there are creatives like out there right now that are um, struggling with anxiety like if you're listening to this and you're a creative you should read a book called The War of Art which absolutely hands down is one of my favorites I should read it every year but it's it's exactly about this kind of thing the resistance that we have when we're trying to accomplish something new or we're trying to express ourselves in certain ways so I would actually really recommend that book and just to say that you need to learn to lean into that resistance and one thing I'm even learning with meditation is to just be curious about the anxiety that you have rather than try to combat it just Allow yourself to learn how to feel it and just just not not accept it. You don't have to, you know, expect that that's always going to be the norm, but just learn to see it and be curious about it in 
almost like you have an object, you know, in, inside you. And I think that's really helped me to just be like, oh, okay, you know, thoughts aren't mine. Like thoughts are just thoughts. Thoughts don't, my thoughts don't define who I am. Um, and I think that's also been a, like a game changer for the way that I deal with my own personal anxiety. So when I get down my own rabbit hole and start to like chase myself with fears and what if this doesn't work, this is all going to go to crap, blah, blah, blah. Then I remind myself like, okay, thoughts are just thoughts. These don't define who I am. I can let this go and let this be what this is. And then I try to kind of backtrack to where it came from and then just let it be, you know. Yeah. Hopefully that's helpful. I, I mean, everybody has to distinguish their own mechanisms to help push through, but um, I, I do believe that, that we can. Yeah. Listeners, I'll put a link to The War of Art in the show notes if you want to buy it. Um, I'll probably buy it myself, actually. You should, yeah. Um, so, Lennon... Thank you for being here. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm very happy you could make it. Thank you, listeners, for listening to True Stories of a Tryhard. You can find me on Instagram at ethan.t.hewlin. You can find me on Twitter at etphonehome. Those are zeros and the E's are threes. You can find the podcast on Instagram and Twitter at True Stories Pod. Lennon, where can we find you? Um, you can find me on Instagram at lennon.bone, or just if you just look for Lennon Bone on that stuff. Uh, YouTube. You can look, depending on when this airs, you can look for either sound and patterns on YouTube or um, Lennon Bone and then also LennonBone.com, L-E-N-N-O-N-B-O-N-E. Ethan, this has been a treat. Thank you so much. You're the best. And uh, keep doing what you're doing, brother. Thank you. All right. I'll be back with more stories next week. So until then, this is Ethan Hewlin signing off.